0: Hello, it's Graham Cove with another My Music. the last one of the week. It's a Friday, so that's what happens. Uh, but if you're catching this up at any time of the week on uh, Spotify or whatever, it could be any day. There you go. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to be speaking to fellow brace who've just discovered that they've got a squeaky chair. Who knows? Uh, that could appear on an album sometime shortly. But before that, we have got a video from Analog Trash. Watch it, please, and enjoy. Great. How are you both? Um, how is Derbyshire? Very well, thank you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's good. Yeah,
1: sun shining, so can't complain. Oh, You're
0: getting some sunshine. We are not yeah. getting so much here in Somerset, which is a bit of a shame. Um, I heard Dorset because my my wife's been to Dorset uh, with the the kids today, and apparently it's lovely there. But Somerset, it's it's obviously created its own little cave of dull and d- dreary today. So uh, you know, there we go. But I'm glad to hear Derbyshire's good. What's the, What's the? Um, let's start there.
1: What's the the music scene like in Derbyshire at the moment? Um, I'd say it's pretty strong at the moment. I mean, um, Richard's just been to uh, the Why Not Festival, which is uh, quite Why Not? A festival, yeah, um, <laughs> in uh, in Derby, and they've got loads of local bands on there. So as well as more established acts as well. And yeah, there's uh, there's one or two really exciting bands at the moment. Can you think of any?
0: There's lots of exciting bands around here. I can't think of any, but uh, yeah. Who did you you see? Did you see anyone at the festival that kind of caught your eye? Um, CMAT was really good.
2: Big fan of that. She was really good. Uh, But local wise, um, any really, really local band I saw was um, Addictive Philosophy. Popped in them for a little bit. They
0: were good. Yeah. We right. Tell me, tell me about folk music and Derbyshire because I I know a little bit about uh, living now in the, in the southwest of England, uh, the kind of local folk scene down here, um, and and some of the kind of history of folk music from down here. But what what's the the folk history like in Derbyshire?
1: Um. Well. I think it's got a rich history. Um, but for me personally, um folk music is has quite um uh, a strong significance because my my great grandfather played the fiddle in um in a folk band. Um and I think uh, I think for me anyway, um it it sort of harks back to those times, sort of like a hundred years ago, where people would just gather together and play music for the enjoyment of it, and it would be a really a communal kind of thing and um and that's that kind of inspired me really yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could not do that myself yeah
0: in terms of that have have we have we gone full circle a little bit in terms of music because in a way um that music that music was free <laughs> if if you like because you someone would gather you know as you say in the street corner and and playing music and you could you could absorb that music f- free if you wanted to yeah or you could or you could you know somehow support that musician in a way we've been through a period in music where there was a lot of money in music, and there was actually some money for musicians. But now we've we've got a distribution model now for music, which means you can put your music out there, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get any money for that. Then actually, well, I almost feel like we're kind of going back to a time like that, where really, in order for people to want that, what they can get for free, at, but support the musician. They've kind of they've got to kind of make that decision and they've got to kind of find ways of supporting that musician if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think music over the past sort of like five, ten years has has become so sort of um, data driven and numbers driven and uh, I don't know whether whether we're getting back to any sort of sense of uh, community. I suppose you have festivals and things like that where there's huge gatherings of people and you can listen to. To artists, but as I was saying before, with with festivals like Why Not, it's really nice that um, uh, and refreshing that they have a lot of local talent uh, on display there, rather than just you know churning out the same old um, you know established acts that play numerous festivals across the country year in year out, uh, and it's giving it's giving bands like ourselves um, a voice and a platform
0: yeah we we went to a festival last year called tunes in the park which is which is down this way at, um sort of on the fringe of Cornwall and that was very similar they i think they had like kind of one big headline act but everybody else under them they tried to source locally they tried to keep it as local as possible in order yeah. to really help the local scene and the and the local economy as well in a way so i think that's you know i think it i think that is coming through at the moment I think that and I think that's important you know and it's I guess in a way every musician is fostering their own community are they not these days I mean it's so important as part of the process that you you know you find out who enjoys your music and you somehow bring them into your own community whether it's through social media you know, email list, whatever. You know, you actually kind of keep them there, and and you you talk to them. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, so, I suppose it's always been the case, though, hasn't it? That the people who can sell sell themselves the best are going to do the best. Like uh, the show is a big part of of music. It's always been a big part of music, hasn't it? Yeah,
1: but I, I also think that there's a really uh, valuable side too. Sort of the social media and connecting with your fan base, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and sort of like the um, that um, that bond with your audience as well. Yeah, that's really yeah, important. That's always, always, yeah. That's that's probably
2: there's a lot more access, isn't there, to artists these days than there yeah. ever has been. Do you,
0: do you feel that that kind of sort of an, that narrative in there actually kind of lends itself to to the kind of music you're making in a way in that. You know people are kind of hungry for storytelling um but they're, they're actually hungry for you know something more than just la la la
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely and I, I think i think there's definitely a place for our, our kind of music and, and people can identify with it um i just i just think in terms of kind of like the social media side of things i wouldn't say either of us are particularly tech savvy Oh, no. really. <laughs> oh, no. uh, so uh, i think
2: it's it's changed the way
0: we've
1: released well you've got on here today you know no, no, that's not. true
2: yeah. i says it's, it's changed the way we've released music and our old band, we released an ep didn't we whereas with this project we we're all releasing things more drip feed aren't we because yeah. just to try and keep engagement up and things like that it's just a different world isn't it and we're all trying to find our way in it i think
0: yeah long 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 time ago people released you know, straight away would work towards a body of work and, and an album, and it was always the kind of heavy goal of, of, of any kind of band to to get to that album. Mm. But it, you know, that that takes a lot longer these days. It's it's much more about, as you say, making sure there's that constant drip. You can't you can't afford to wait when you start like the touch point on a on a project. You can't afford to wait, you know three or four months before you 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 know you communicate with your fan base again let alone a couple of years so you know waiting for the album to arrive before you suddenly
2: yeah it's a, it's a strange world Linux now albums get released and you know all the tracks because they've all been it's almost like it's everything you know and a couple more it's it's like almost the opposite way around normally you buy the album and then the singles would be released whereas nowadays i think it's more all...
0: I yeah, I, I'm still I'm still waiting for someone to to throw an absolute curveball in there. Maybe maybe you could do it. I don't know, or or, or, or you know, at least I'd, I'd love it if someone like released a whole load of singles and, and kind of almost intimated that that here comes the album, and then drops an album that's got none of that on it at all. You know, it would just, <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah. just be just just be marvelous, um, and and everyone would be like, oh, that's yeah. different," you know, yeah. and and that's part of it as well, though, isn't it? You. Actually, it is about surprising people as well, because otherwise, you know, uh, you've constantly got to come up with something that is slightly different. You know, Um, in terms of, you know, when you look at some of the some of the artists that are around today who, who really are sort of bashing the, the large figures in terms of social media and you look at the mechanisms by which they're getting that out is is there anything that you've learnt from that where you feel that you could perhaps do it but make it work for the kind of music that you're producing oh, that's a really good question <laughs> <laughs> You that would be nice to I mean, I'm not talking about getting dressed in a, you know, in a tutu and you know, uh, doing that, you know, walking <laughs> walking down the street with some hunky guys or whatever. I'm I'm talking about you know. But is there anything in the actual, maybe just in the mechanisms themselves? So, for example, I've interviewed some people lately that have been quite clever in sort of drip-feeding maybe lyrics from their songs or whatever by actually, so rather than just go here's our single, actually drip-feeding bits of song in other narrative or in other content I
1: mean that's a great idea we, yeah, we haven't done that personally we'll, steal, we'll, we'll write that down yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do I think you've got to stay away from almost of the TikTokification of music where you've only really got 30 seconds of anything decent, yeah, and then
0: that's
1: no overhyped. I no know. one wants to see us dancing, so well, I don't know.
0: Well,
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I might. I mean, it is, <laughs> you know,
0: it's uh, that you, you say that, but that I have deliberately at times done dad dancing on uh, on various platforms, and uh, you know, I feel there's a there's a need for that there because let's face it, how many of us actually can't dance? You know, let's yeah. go. Let's go back to Genesis years ago, wh- who actually released a single. I can't dance. Now, you know, maybe maybe the time's there for the resurrection of that on social media. Perhaps we need yeah. some anti-dancing. Um, mm. <laughs> what in terms of how you go about writing your material, do you do you delve into the history of folk at all? When you write, so are you even melodically or lyrically looking at previous stories or, or sort of previous tunes, or
1: is it all completely fresh? Sometimes, um, to me, I'm I, I kind of try and bring together all my influences from from kind of not just folk music, you know, the whole, whole range of different styles of music, um, sometimes I'll look at at stories that have been told um, and um, quite into Shakespeare, actually. So, so a lot of his stories, obviously, are classics. Um, and uh, I find that you can retell some of his um, narratives in slightly different ways, different creative ways. And that's quite interesting. But I think generally, generally, the sort of the ideas uh, come from more personal experience um, and uh, it's kind of a mix, really. Um, that's quite interesting.
0: That sh- using Shakespeare in that way. Have you have you ever thought about uh, you know applying for some kind of educational grant? Um, if you well, there you go. There's a, look. You see, I- I'm giving you a million ideas today. But uh, you know, I've, I've interviewed people before who have who have got grants from councils for for doing sort of hi- historic type work within the body of their music work. May- maybe there's an opportunity there to you know. Get some kind of educational grant for helping people unlock Shakespeare, but in a new form.
1: Yeah,
0: perhaps. You know, would that would that sort of thing interest you? That kind of
1: using your music in different ways as well. Um, perhaps uh, it's not something that I've ever given much thought to. Um, yeah, I'll be open to it. Yeah,
0: you see. You know, you never know until you, uh, people never know, by the way, folks, what I'm going to ask them when they come on here. So, you know, it's uh, you, sometimes they need time to reflect and then come back on it later. And we'll probably have that conversation off there. Um, who does most of the writing? Is it is it a joint effort? Do you do, you, do you one one of you sort of kick about an idea first and then the other develop it?
1: Um, well, kind of what happened was we were in a, a previous band. um more of a, a straight up and down rock band kind of thing before covid and i was i was the front man and, and writer for that project but what tended to happen was i i would sort of demo the songs at home and then bring the sort of the skeleton. the skeleton of the idea to the rest of the band and then they would add their own you know sprinkle of magic on top i guess and um when covid came about and and that band kind of Uh, fell by the wayside um, and Richard and I decided that we'd uh, embark on this journey Um, we kind of carried on with that same pattern I would say Mm -hmm. uh, where I I kind of do a lot of the demoing at home um, and and recording I think for for a lot of the initial singles that we've released I've I recorded those kind of like almost like a solo project Um, and then Richard and I had been talking for for months and months about sort of getting this project started um and and we use those recordings kind of as our first releases um but as uh, as we're kind of evolving and developing a little bit more um i'm bringing the the songs to the table and then richard's bringing his own his own thing for example he's taught himself to play the keys All sorts, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair so, um what you recorded was quite lush and it's quite
2: dense musically, isn't it? Yeah. Which is something we can't reproduce as a two-piece. So that's a lot of the, the, the creativity has gone into how can we create a, that analogue as a two-piece on stage, really, hasn't it?
0: Yeah. We? Yeah. So, so you're you almost deconstructing as part of the construction yeah. process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, part
2: finding really what makes that song vital, what yeah. what the essence, the kernel of that song is, and then building on that and rebuilding it, really, as a... As what two people can do on stage?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that a lot. Um, you had a song "Blood Brothers."
1: Yeah.
0: Which is which? Of course, is a famous musical by Willie Russell. Um, I, I want to know: Did you did you uh, when you were pushing that out? Did you make sure you had lots of metadata for, for Willie Russell and "Blood Brothers"? <laughs> <laughs>
1: did you, did you manage to play off the coattails of of the the famous musical or not? Not not at all. Actually, uh, it was around the time we released it. was uh, was around the time of um, kind of the um, the royal drama with uh, with William and Harry. Oh and, right, uh, even and, better. Uh, well, I, yeah. Well, I thought, <laughs> oh, here's something to. Uh, I chickened out in the end. I thought it's. Hey, you girl.
0: chickened out. Yeah, I'm d- oh. digging you
1: hole here. So I thought, now yeah, just
0: get it out <laughs> oh and there you there you were you could you could have like had you know a version of harry's book with with you holding it but you know yeah, it's like, yeah. there you go some sometimes fortune favors the brave you know yeah. you never know you never know i mean and look let's face it they were so busy uh, suing each other, and or or, or, or you know yeah. de- dealing with their own press thing, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have noticed someone right. to the side pushing the song.
1: What what was what was that song about? Uh, it was kind of like um, sort of the relationship between two two people. Um, I, I personally don't have any brothers, um, but but it was um, it was it was about someone who felt like a blood brother to me. And kind of um, the falling apart of that relationship, um, and how we we'd gone from feeling so close at one point and growing up together, uh, and kind of that bond that you have with your childhood friend to um, to nothing, kind of. So uh, yeah, just that juxtaposition, really. And that, that's, I mean, that's kind of
0: subject that not a lot of people would broach in. The- modern music which is great um did you what sort of reaction did you get from listeners to to that as a as a topic because obviously there will be people that will have experienced that for themselves and it's not as I say there's a lot of like relationship songs out there but they're typically sort of you know love type relationship songs as opposed to that kind of platonic relationship type you know did you get good response from people from that did did anyone say anything to you about oh that that's really that's really kind of hit home for me
1: yeah absolutely we, we yeah we've, we've certainly had people say to us you know that's uh that's really struck a chord with us personally um but i mean that that's just that's just one of our songs we we certainly have all the uh the love relationship songs as well so we, we've covered all bases so
0: <laughs> what's what's the future now for fellow braves what what uh, work are you doing going into the, the last part as it is almost now of 2023? <laughs> uh, get, I'll just get the diary. <laughs>
2: still feels like we're quite fresh, doesn't it? it doesn't yeah. feel like the end of anything for us, it's, it's more the beginning, maybe. yeah. We feel
1: like we're just gearing up, really. Yeah. yeah, more live, more, more live. Yeah, we've got we've got quite a few shows booked in over the next sort of six months. Uh, we've also got an album that's recorded and ready to release. Um, I've also got a, a whole second album of, of demos ready to be wow.
0: recorded. <laughs> so, so you really, are you are really quite ready to go. What what's what's the um, what's the kind of ambition on the, on the live front? What what sort of venues are you wanting to play?
1: Uh, i suppose the ambition has always been to play sort of major festivals that's something that we would like to mm. uh to try but the, there's building building blocks we we you know we're not trying to run before we can walk um uh, in our previous band we played venues like the lead mill in sheffield they mm. you know, quite iconic venues and i think it'd be nice to get back to sort of that kind of kind of level mm. and then and build on it from there yeah
0: yeah is is there a is there a festival that Really takes your fancy uh, as a as a band to play. Um, is there, is there one that would kind of be your on your dream list? Oh, well, mine would
2: be Latitude. Latitude, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd love yeah? Why why Latitude? It's just the one I've been to most. I think I've been ten times. Wow! I absolutely, absolutely love Latitude. Yeah, that'd be pretty amazing to play there. Yeah. Would
0: what? you Would you see yourself Would you see yourself doing the the? Um, I mean, Latitude. Has a real spread of music, but would you see yourself doing any of the the folk festivals as well?
1: Absolutely. I yeah. mean, the, the dream one for me would be the Newport Folk Festival. I mean, there's so much history attached to that. Um, I mean, it's it's a bit of a, a pipe dream, really, but it, it, it you know something yeah. to aspire to, certainly. Cool. Well, if you ever get
0: this way, gentlemen, we of course have the Sidma Folk Festival down here, and uh, it would be great to to see you at that. And um, of course. Uh, you know, there's, as I say, because there's a rich vein of history down here in terms of folk, there's quite a number of uh, smaller venues as well that kind of uh, look for bands like yourself. So uh, the Marine Theatre in Lyme Regis, there's a good one to, to try yeah. and put on your books. Um, it would be great to see you. Listen, it's been great talking to you today, learning a bit more about your music. Um, if people want to find out more about you, and the best place to go would be...
1: Uh, all the streaming sites, we're on, we're on all of those if you want to hear the music that we do. If you want to follow us on social media, our, our tagline is at uh, Fellow Braves, and that's across all of the, the socials. Brilliant.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming in. Um, folks, uh, if you haven't checked out Fellow Braves music before, please do. That's what this is all about. This is why we're here. Um, and uh, as I say on most occasions, uh, music doesn't grow on trees. So, uh, if you can support them in any way, shape, or form, either by downloading their music or uh, going to see them live, when you're following them, go and go and see them at a gig. You know, put put an extra tenner in their pocket because every little helps, as Tesco once said. Um, Until next time, this has been my music with me, Graham Cove. I hope you've enjoyed yet another week of varied music. Uh, If you have, please share this with your friends. Uh, Get the message about all of these independent artists out there. If you haven't enjoyed this today, then this has been an instructional video on how to glue the handle back onto a ceramic mug. You can now do with this whatever you like. Uh, Until next time, bye for now.